Uh, today does mark the birthday of multi-time champion and future legend of pro wrestling, Cody Rhodes. Um, and so that leads us into our next thing that uh, Will has aptly named The Feud. Again, we'd have a really cool graphic here uh, if we could, but the budget doesn't allow for it yet. Mm. Just zoom in on Rob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, is it is it Terry Funk's birthday today? I see Dr. Red is saying it's uh, Terry Funk's birthday today. Is that the case? I'm going to Google it right now. Don't worry, I got it. Don't use technology, Rob. Yeah, I was about to say, through. gosh, I'm lost here. <laughs> All I've been using is this book. <laughs> June 30th, 1944. It is Terry wow. Funk's birthday. Wow. And Terry Funk was my first world champion. In my, I was born during the reign of the great Terry Funk, the world's championship reign of Funk. So happy birthday, Terry Funk. I'm sorry I didn't know that. Um, wow. That's awesome. Will, your kid Thank you, Dr. Is, Red. Is, he's, he's amongst legends I know, with man. a birthday like this. Good day to be born. You're right. Dude, I love this. Uh, well, shout out to the fam for, for, for giving us facts out there in the chat, man. Hey, man. Hashtag NWA fam is the best. These guys uh, are always on top of things. John Farber, I see him out there. We got Jay Cow. We got Wrestling with the MMA. Dave Scooby, Willie Bowen, Ryan Romano, Dr. Red RJ. Tyler at WWE Front Row. Is RJ, RJ out there, too? Head. I'm going to miss somebody. Oh, my God. RJ, you guys, if you're listening to this later on the podcast feed, you're missing out not being here live because uh, these folks make it exciting and they make everything a lot more interesting than than anything we could ever say. So we're, we're happy for having the uh, hashtag NWA fam in here. Um, all right. So uh, where I was going with that is uh, the Cody's already achieved a lot in the business and he's known for so many of those things he's a former intercontinental champion former id iwgp us champion ring of honor world champion and six-man tag champion former multi-time wwe tag champion and aew tnt champion he's the executive vice president of aew just to name a few things that he's known for so that's why we're celebrating his birthday but of course we're choosing to recognize Cody for one of the biggest, most spectacular achievements of his career, which is being a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Yes, I just heard myself say that again. So, okay, obviously holding the 10 pounds of Gold, as we all know, is a very prestigious position, and it most definitely puts you in the very definition of rarefied air in this exclusive club filled with some of the greatest legends of the one true sport. But it wasn't even just this position that is important in today's context. Cody's battle to win the NWA World's Championship not only meant making history for himself, but it caused his path to cross with one of the other most important wrestlers in the business today, creating what could potentially become known as one of the great feuds in wrestling, depending, you know, on what the future holds. But that man I'm talking about is Nick Aldis. Cody and Aldis not only go on to pour gasoline on the spark that was the revival of the modern era of National Wrestling Alliance, but together, these two guys are part of changing the face of wrestling as an industry as we know it. So that's why we're talking about these two together today and how their paths cross. 
And I don't know. I'm trying to pause here to give you guys a chance to talk if you want to say anything. So, you know, I don't um, know. I just just to, <laughs> as we're setting the stage for this, just in the rebrand uh, since, you know, uh, uh, 2017, 2018, mainly uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood and Billy Corgan's involvement in it, there have been, uh, you know, you, you look back on the Crockett days and you think there's all these great feuds, Flair Dusty, Flair Stingmo, Flair, you know, Magnum and Kita, Rock and Roll and Midnight. And right now we're, we're still in the infancy in, in the rebrand, but right now we already have two great, maybe maybe three great feuds that have uh, have really characterized this this early period. One is uh, Tim Storm and Josephus, uh, Tim Storm and Nick Aldis, and then this one, Cody and Nick Aldis. So uh, you know all you know we we still again we're early in the in the career of Nick Aldis today. We don't know what's going to happen, but right now we know that this is one of those feuds that is going to go down in history as one of the most important, at least just for its formative nature, uh, feuds in NWA history, definitely for the rebrand era. So I, I just wanted to plug that in there. Remember, we don't have we don't have a whole body of material. What do they give us? They give us Co- Cody and, and all this. That's pretty good. To me, that stacks up with the likes of, of Flair and Dusty. I mean, I'm not trying to be over uh, melodramatic here, but... Th- these matches are phenomenal. They are clinics. Tell them about it, Will. Yeah, dude, and I mean, like, the the crazy thing is, and and I guess, you know, I become a recent fan of the NWA, but I I, I was following along through All In and and even NWA seventy and things like that um, when when the rebirth was happening, uh, just not as closely as you guys were, and you know the the notoriety that was brought to the NWA. Uh, but obviously the, you know, the 10 pounds of gold through all this um, is spectacular because, I mean, it was put on a stage that, you know, it, it didn't have to be on and elevated in, in this, you know, and all in this event that was, you know, sold out in 30 minutes. Like, it, you know, it was the biggest buzz in the wrestling world for, you know, months and months and the NWA title, which should have been, the main event should have ended the night and even people looking back on it agree that that probably should have ended the ended the event should have been the main event but um it's just hindsight but uh i mean putting it on that stage and you know this was before power this was before you know they were having uh weekly you know youtube shows and things like that and um, I mean, they had the 10 pounds of gold, but they weren't, they weren't televising any NWA wrestling. There wasn't really any like organization or formation that had happened. There was just Nick Aldis and the belt. And, you know, that was pretty much it. And uh, so to be on that stage and to be elevated to that place was really remarkable. Yeah. And um, Rob said before we uh, came on the air tonight, he was actually talking about how it might be one of the most well-documented feuds uh, that has ever existed. Um, and, and I think he's right. Um, obviously, the time between um, that build-up to All In to NWA 70, one of the things you got to give props to the NWA for is they were very good about documenting every single thing that happened. And so a lot of this is featured uh, in 10 Pounds of Gold, 22 through 41 that whole time period uh will give you like that whole story of that um 
So what I thought would be interesting too is um, looking back on it, you know, there seemed to be something special about these two guys being almost the same age. And uh, it, it, I, I was curious how their careers lined up as far as what they were doing. And it is, it was kind of fascinating to me to see almost how they paralleled or even started from different points, but ended up crossing, paralleling and going in different directions. It was just, it's kind of an interesting topic. So uh, just to go back a little bit further from what you can see for yourself there and leading up to this, uh, I wanted to start with Cody because obviously there's going to be a day that we go in depth of on an entire career for a wrestler. And, and Cody Rhodes would definitely be one of those people that it would be worth the time to do that with. Uh, but we don't have all night. So in the beginning, let's just say, if you don't know what family Cody Rhodes belongs to, then you've got a lot of catching up to do, I guess. So we'll start from there. Uh, obviously, being the son of the legendary and former NWA champion in his own right, Dusty Rhodes comes with some expectations. So Cody began trading wrestling when he was just 12 years old. Uh, he was a successful amateur wrestler in high school. He chose to forego a college wrestling career at Penn State University, instead chose to pursue acting and professional wrestling. Um, besides his father, Cody got a ton of experience in the ring being taught by names like Ricky Morton, Al Snow, Danny Davis. He even mentioned Randy Orton when he brings up the topic in some interviews. This, of course, meant that Cody was in Ohio Valley Wrestling that's where he ended up jumping to. And he immediately, right like right as he went in, had immediate success at a tag team with his buddy, John Spears, uh, who you know from AEW now. And uh, he eventually even held the Ohio Valley Wrestling Championship. When I'm talking about this, Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes. And everybody knows who Dusty Rhodes is. He's a former NWA champion. He's a big deal. Possibly, if not the most well-known wrestler of all time he's he's right up there in that top discussion um so everybody's gonna know who dustin rhodes is everybody's gonna know who cody rhodes is cody jumped into ohio valley wrestling in around 2006 and it was by like 2007 he debuted in the main roster of the wwe uh and by the end of that year he was already winning tag team gold. Uh, as a matter of fact, he and uh, his partner, Hardcore Holly, defeated Lance Cade and uh, other hashtag NWA fan member Trevor Murdoch uh, for their first uh, set of tag team titles. Uh, and then by 2008, he was already part of a faction, a big faction that would be featured in WrestleMania, uh, along with Ted DiBiase Jr. and Randy Orton, known as The Legacy. So Cody Rhodes... Uh, I'm painting in broad strokes here, but what one thing I'm trying to get across is that I'm not in any way disparaging the work that he put into the business up until this point. The life of a son of a son of a plumber was a lot different than the original son, if that makes sense. Right, and you're going to hear similar stories like like this too, when you, whether you're talking about you know David Flair and Reed Flair or, or Charlotte, um, other you know. Uh, Randy Orton, their 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 stories are going to be real similar, and and some people look at that as a, as a more of a curse than a blessing. I don't know. Will might have something to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, I was listening to an interview, and, and Nick was even talking about you know that being um, more 
more of a hindrance than, I mean, you know, it, it did afford him certain advantages having that last name, but, you know, it, and, and sometimes it can be a, a disadvantage because there's, there's big shoes to fill, there's expectations, and it might've, might've been a big part of why he, you know, wasn't, you know, pushed, you know, a WWE, I don't know, except for with Charlotte, for some reason they don't, I'm, and I'm looking at Cody and I'm looking at Curtis Axel, guys that, that, that come from two legends uh, of the, of the business. And they just weren't, you know, given an, an adequate push or, or, and they're both incredible. And Curtis Axel is a name that's come up. Uh, Joe Henning that uh, Nick has been mentioning here lately about somebody he'd love to see in the NWA who, who was released by WWE. So, you know, I think it's sometimes there's like a psychological uh, disadvantage to that because you're always going to be compared because of your name. And I think that's probably something Cody endured as well. Another thing. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. Well, I I was just going to add that. I I think that's an interesting point you bring up about the, uh, the blessing and the curse that it is having the last name, because I, I think in some ways, it makes me wonder like it does seem like it could have hurt him like what saying nick said but also i wonder if it gave him the attitude that we're going to see as we go through here that that makes him expect more too i I don't know you know like or if it's just the confidence that he got from doing all the work but go ahead rob i'm sorry i was just going to say well i have two things i was going to point out um uh cody doing some uh developmental work in ohio ohio is sort of a a wellspring of a lot of talent. You have other guys like Brian Pillman Jr. who've worked out in Ohio and, and, and all that. Uh, but the other thing, uh, just to your point, you'll see a lot of, uh, even in some storylines, and, 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 and for people who get behind the scenes and like to read what's really going on, you find that there is this resentment uh, that t- tends to characterize these father-son relationships. Uh, just because the, the the wrestling life is a hard life. It's not, you know, I mean, we, we look at a guy like Nick Aldis and, and Ric Flair and how they project this prestige and this privilege and all that. But it, it's, and it does have that. I mean, if you earn that, but to get to that point that you've got to put in your, you got to put in your time and it's it's not a glamorous life. For those of us who ever, who've ever worked in a, the independent circuit or have ever worked in territories, you know that setting up and taking down a ring is, is, is laborious, very hard work. Cleaning up a, a venue is very hard. A lot of times uh, people that are older in the business are going to have it out for you just because you might have a second generation name. And so that might build some resistance. And then there's always that stigma of, hey, I want to be my own person. I don't want to be the son of the of Dusty Rhodes. I want to be Cody. I want to be. I don't want to be the son of Ric Flair. I want to be Reed Flair. I want to be David. I want to be Charlotte. And we see this play out in, in a lot of the storytelling, which I think uh, where, wherever you find it done well, and that includes WWE and uh, NWA and other promotions, it really speaks to a very, a very human uh, story that I, I, I like as a father just because it's true. And we see that. I mean, my, my oldest son is in college now, and he's a, been a great boy, and we've, <clears throat> we've never really had any major dissonance but i see that competition there you know he he doesn't want necessarily what i want for him and all that and so it's very human you know and 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 there's a charm to seeing that play out uh, but it's it's that's just because it's human and it's charming and and it makes for good storytelling does not mean it's easy um the life of a second generation superstar is more often than not um I'm not going to say a curse but it's it's almost curse like it carries a lot of weight that that would make it more difficult uh than if you were your own person. I don't know if that makes sense. 
Well, and it's yeah. it's almost impossible to ignore it in terms of a storyline, especially in this storyline, because, you know, Dusty was a former NWA world's champion. And uh, so obviously that was going to come up in this feud as it as it began and as we built into all in. Um, and, and there was a promo that Cody even cut. I think it was at um, it was in London. So it's Honor United. Uh, where where Nick and Cody kind of faced off for the first time and um, and set up the match, but he even says, I believe it, I believe it was that promo where he says, you know, this isn't I don't want like I don't want that title because my dad had it, I want it because I want it, and so it, it did kind of fuel you know it was it was impossible to ignore in terms of the storyline, but it also did as you say kind of fuel that drive and, and that attitude in him, like, no, I'm blazing my own path and I want that belt because Cody wants it, not because my dad had it. And uh, so it did kind of serve both purposes in, in building that story. Absolutely. And uh, if we look back and, and like I pointed out with the, the Cody Rhodes thing, um, we see him join into WWE during that early time. And it seems like he gets opportunity after opportunity, boom, boom, boom. But things start to change a little bit for him as he goes in. But before we get there, let's jump over, well, over overseas, I guess. And around the same time that Cody Rhodes is making his break into Ohio Valley wrestling, there's a fresh faced young British lad named Nick Aldis, who is making his debut by getting the crap stopped out of him by Doug Williams in jolly old England. And uh, Aldis didn't have much in the way of family connections or a special opportunity like it might have seemed like, a, like Cody Rhodes had. He'd been athletic in school. He loved wrestling, but he was once even told, like when he was considering it, that he was way too skinny to ever make it into wrestling. Uh, he just didn't have the build for it. So he started building his body for it and uh, got really into bodybuilding, started busting his ass, taking his lumps on the British pro wrestling scene and by 2007, at 20 years old, this led him over a school with Harley Race. He jumped into a Harley Race training camp, and uh, it was in front of a lot of people that could potentially see him. Uh, but he wasn't I – don't, I don't know that he quite yet had that Aldous confidence that we, uh, we all know and love now. Uh, but he does talk about, in several interviews, uh, one instance uh, that really changed his life. Uh, where, you know, he felt like already, I mean, I guess even at 20, that he had been like already just like trying everything he could. And uh, he wasn't sure where he was going to connect. But uh, the man himself, Harley Race, pulls him aside and uh, says, you know what? You can do something, kid. And uh, Nick says he replied, I've tried, Harley. And he says, well, keep trying. And he said that was a uh, big moment for him. And uh, – well, by 2008, Nick Aldis had not only become a popular character on a show called Gladiators, uh, he was also now debuting on TNA, Total Nonstop Wrestling, uh, on cable everywhere. So, uh, big jump from 2007, where he wasn't quite sure what he was going to do, and uh, 2008. And, and not, not to breeze through that part, uh, but again, this isn't a deep dive, but one of the fun aspects of this whole thing for me was seeing how these two careers began paralleled and then started moving in different directions. Uh, so, so like where both of these guys start to parallel is right here. They, they both enjoy great success in their respective promotions. Uh, success most, most aspiring athletes or wrestlers would die to achieve. Uh, 
All around the same time, Cody was enjoying multiple tag title runs and battles over the Intercontinental Championship. Aldis was teaming with the likes of Doug Williams and Samoa Joe winning tag titles as well. Both men were becoming well-known, respected, and for the best I could tell, both of these guys began to learn a lot more about the business as a business. And maybe in ways they didn't even want to. Um, around this... It looked a little different for Boom, I guess I'll say. Because by the time you get to like 2015, when you're reviewing this stuff, Cody was a former multi-time champion, and then he was Stardust. And uh, not to knock Stardust, by the way. I kind of dug Stardust. But apparently that's not a bright spot for everybody. Uh, but now all this... He had actually capitalized on his own rising star. He became the TNA heavyweight champion in 2013. Uh, and by 2015, he'd have some fun feuds with Bram and James Storm. And then he was released. And uh, so <laughs> there was that. <laughs> and so uh, it, it's kind of weird. They both had this moment and they were, ki they were killing it. And then now what? And uh, so it's just kind of an interesting parallel there. Now I will say by 2016, Aldis made his way to Global Force Wrestling to become their world champion, uh, which would lead him right back to TNA. Uh, and because the, the two companies made some sort of partnership through Jeff Jarrett. And, uh, but then that was in 2016. And by 2017, he was back on the independent circuit again. And uh and that was mostly on his end, by the way, just for the record, uh, so he doesn't yell at me at some point. Um, he, he was offered a contract, but he refused. Uh, when he was asked about it, uh, his exact quote was, it's not a contract that anybody with any value, any sense of self-value or self-worth would sign. There's no point in signing a contract to make you exclusive to one place if you're not getting anything in return. So there's the artist we're starting to know and love. Right. So by this time, he'd at least built that in his brain. Uh, similarly, Cody Rhodes, by 2016, had decided that this WWE thing was never going to get any bigger than where he was right then. And he requested his release from WWE. It was granted. And I could not find one place anywhere where anybody blamed him. <laughs> like they just decided. I mean, even Uncle Dave himself, Dave Meltzer, said, They've always used him as a mid-carter. They'll always use him as a mid-carter. He has to do something else. Um, and, and these guys are looking, just, just thinking about what you're saying. Um, we, we have to be, we have to remember that they're still, they're still, these guys are still really, really young. Um, uh, at this point that you're talking about, uh, all this is, 30 years old, Cody's 31 years old. By the way, 1986, what a year, 1986, was the greatest year in wrestling history, the year of, of Flair, Rhodes, Bash 86, the Night of the Skywalkers. Nick Aldis was born in 86. Thunder Rosa was born in 86. In fact, I think we're approaching her birthday. I think it's in July at some point here in a week or two maybe. Um, but uh, that's neither here nor there. The point is, yes, they had, they had not yet uh, – realize the superstardom level that they have now. But I don't think that that's surprising. I mean, I think that, you know, going back, I mean, I think these, both of these two guys are, are beyond uh, or about where Flair was at at this point in his career when he was, you know, 31, 32. Uh, so th this is, to me, it seems like both Cody 
and uh, and Nick have played their cards very intelligently. And 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 I, I love that story about Nick not taking that contract. I've heard that too. This is somebody who is foresighted, who 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 understands what they have to offer, even if someone else can't see it yet. Um, and you, you, I, you know, I, I watched uh, I watched uh, uh, those those impact days when when all this was uh, was or TNA days when all this was Brutus Magnus and and I remember Stardust and all that, and they certainly had amazing talent and uh, amazing ability, but we're really, I think coming now, once you get to their 31, 32 years old, we're seeing them emerge or, or mature as well-rounded, well-spoken statesmen of the sport. And so this collision that we're paving the way for, I think is going to come in the fullness of time. I don't think it's premature. I don't think it's too late. I think it's like, it was, I'm a Presbyterian man. I'm a Calvinist this was destined to happen <laughs> in this way. So God intended it. I think too, I mean, with, with Cody, like, uh, you know, I liked the Stardust gimmick at first. I thought it was pretty entertaining and I thought he, he leaned into it pretty well. And, and it, it was, it was entertaining, but now knowing what we know about Cody and his drive and his determination I can completely understand it. And, and we, we didn't really know the full scope of it at the time, but if you're sitting there in, in the largest, most well-known wrestling organization in, in the world and you want to be world champion and you're being booked as Stardust, after a while, at some point, like obviously he's not going to be happy with that, you know? And he's going to be like, well, if they're not, if this is how they're going to book me and they're going to put me in this corner, that doesn't match up with my values and my, and so it is similar to, you know, even all this talking about not taking that contract because he, even, even at that young age, these guys realized, listen, this, this, I'm not going to let these people create my ceiling for me. I'm going to be the creator of, of my own destiny and I'm going to go achieve world titles and, uh, the prestige that I know that I can, and I'm not going to put that uh, directly in the hands of someone who's just going to hold me back. And so there is that similarity, just obviously in, in very different spots. Absolutely. And in an interview with uh, Cody Rhodes, he talked about the actual conversation he had with Triple H uh, discussing wanting his release. Uh, he, he says uh, Hutter took it very personally because he said, he had done so much for my dad at NXT. There was one conversation where he said, I'm shocked that you feel this way after everything I've done for your family. I told him, I'm not my dad. I can't stay here out of loyalty to you for giving my dad a job in 2005. I get it. And the little boy in me really appreciates what you did for my dad. I'm not him. He's not here. I've got to be me. I think Hunter has been in wrestling long enough that he knew, okay, this is a real one. He's not asking for money. He's not asking for a title shot. Nothing matters at this point. He knew that I'd let the burn get too bad before I said anything, if that makes any sense. And yeah. so he was immediately granted his release, basically. So I guess that that was understood. Uh, and it's interesting to look back on this now because it just because you can see, like, despite where they'd begun, it seemed both guys had found themselves sort of in similar positions. They'd, uh, they've been up and down in the business already, and they're still young, and they're both trying to decide how they're going to prove their worth to the industry that they love. 
Uh, admittedly, Cody probably still has a little bit more behind his name at this time, or, or maybe it was just more time living in the business because as soon as that guy was out, he made it his mission to prove that he didn't need the WWE machine. Like he did that with a vengeance. Like he went after it. Uh, he, he got opportunity and, and doing it for ring of honor, uh, TNA, both of them at the same time point, he went to new gen. Um, this was trying to achieve the same goal, but he had kind of a different strategy. He did wrestle around in the independence, but it seemed like eventually he targeted the oldest and most prestigious championship in wrestling history. And that was the NWA world's heavyweight championship. He jumped right into the vision of Billy Corgan and Dave Lagan and their intent to revive the brand. He'd almost, if you hear him talk about it, had given up at a certain point. Like he had just couldn't find his footing away from pro wrestling and wasn't sure he had a family he had things to think about outside of wrestling and, and had kind of, I won't say he's necessarily ever said it was like his last ditch attempt, but it was kind of this moment of truth for him. What am I going to do? And, you know, am I, am I going to make this happen or am I going to say I had a good run and, and let me get a job that makes sure that my kid eats. And then all of a sudden, Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana. Billy Corgan, of course, buys the NWA. Aldis jumps right into it. And uh, by December 2017, Nick Aldis had won the 10 pounds of gold. Uh, so while Cody was off fighting all over the world, reestablishing his name in all of these different companies, the National Treasure began the Aldis Crusade. And... Uh, and, and for those of you who don't know, by the way, the Aldis Crusade was uh, over a period of 60 days, Nick Aldis took that NWA World's Heavyweight Championship and defended it over 20 times. So for everybody who gives him crap right now because of the uh, quarantine, just shut up. That's <laughs> the guy's right. defended yeah. it plenty. He's not I afraid. I'm in on that because it's not like, you know, I mean, this is like, you, you're ignorant if you say that. And I don't mean, you know, we try to be charitable and grace, gracious to people who just don't, who don't know. Because, you know, NWA is a YouTube, primary, primarily a YouTube channel with a couple of pay-per-views. And, but they have a wide international cross-promotional presence. And, and Nick Aldis, satisfying prior bookings that he'd had and then taking up a few others, travels in, 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 in something that's a throwback to... Um, the Great American Bash 1986, where Ric Flair defends the title 16 times in 30 days, or something along those lines. I don't know. My numbers might not be precise. I think WWE Front Row might might know the exact numbers on that, or J-Cal might, if he's still around. Um, but this is definitely a, a, a harken back to that, a throwback to that. And, uh, and, and not only does all this defend it, those many times, over two dozen times, or right around two dozen times in 60 days, he does it cross-promotionally on four continents against major talent. I'm not talking about Billy Bud at the, at the, you know, the backyard wrestling promotion. I'm talking about guys like Jake Hager. I'm talking about guys like King Shane Williams. I'm talking about guys like um, Colt Cabana. I'm talking about big names that are legitimate international, many of them former NWA world's champions themselves. So the, the this to me is like, 
this period, the Aldous Crusade, is the critical period. This is when we're going to decide whether or not the NWA is just going to be a curiosity or whether it's going to be a legitimate international force like it was in the 80s and, and early 90s. And Aldous did that. He's responsible for that. So if you're, if you're dogging Aldous, you, you're just ignorant. You're not, you're not intelligent. You don't know what you're talking about. I've got thousands of pages of scholarly bibliography to show you. You don't know what you're talking about. He's a doctor. Uh, he, he knows. Yeah. That, that that is something else. We just we just lit a fire in Doc yeah, Stinson. I'm tired of people saying, "Oh, quarantine." Like, what are you talking about, man? In the history of the world, the NW the the world's the lineal world's championship has been through periods like this. It was the it was held by Earl Caddick, who left to serve in World War One, not World War Two, not Korea, not Vietnam, not the Gulf War, World War One now left and came back two years later, still the champion to defend it. Luthez would defend the belt three times a year, maybe, like a good prize fighter does. Now, I appreciate being a fighting champion and going on crusades to establish yourself, but in the general scope of things, uh, uh, the, the championship is a prize title. It does not need to be defended every day. You defend it when you need to. And who has Nick Aldis beaten, just for anybody who wants to ask? Everybody he's had to. He's beaten everybody, including Sting. Now, I realize the, that the NWA title was on the line, but this is at the time when Nick Aldis was in the TNA World Championship pitcher, and he is one of only three or four people to ever submit Sting. He's beaten Kurt Angle. He's beaten everybody. Nick Aldis, there is no mark against him as a competitor or against this reign in particular. So, woo! Now y'all got me... Hmm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to reload on my drink, y'all. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Will, Will, did you want to follow that up before I just continue telling a story? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll I'll come at it uh, with the same argument, but from a different angle. Uh, the people that say that and the people that criticize uh, not defending it are not NWA fans. They're not. I don't see the hashtag NWA fam criticizing and making those uh, comments, Rob. It's usually, it's people who are uh, probably primarily mainstream wrestling fans who are used to seeing that title defended at least once a month, right? Maybe in the middle of a pay-per-view because they don't even put it on as the main event anymore. Um, and so they've experienced the, the, uh, championship degradation, as I call it, in, in other promotions where the titles are not prestigious. There's so many of them, and all of them don't mean the same thing. And so they feel like they have to put them on every show, and they'll even defend them on a couple of, of cable shows in between um, just to try and, and convince you that it's exciting, but it's not as exciting. If you are bought into the vision of the NWA and you understand. The, the NWA and the way that it runs as a promotion and, and as a form of entertainment, then you understand that it is a prize fight feel. And I mean, you can go, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would almost bet you money. You can go, if you can go find me a Nick Aldis interview where he doesn't specifically say the words prize fight at some point in the interview, like I'll give you a free t-shirt or something because I, I, I just don't think that exists because from the beginning of this rebirth of the NWA, the, the vision of Aldis primarily, who, who, who pushed that vision onto uh, Corgan and Lagana and, and the rest of the leadership 
that they needed to have this prize fight feel. And Rob mentions it a lot. I mean, those championships are not defended every month. Sometimes they're defended once a year, just like he said. And so th- those, those criticisms are not coming from NWA fans. They're coming from people who are in our fans or who primarily follow organizations that are, are completely different in philosophy from the way that the NWA runs as a wrestling promotion. 100% agree. And uh, as, as it's been established here, I mean, the big thing to take away from all of this is that within months, months, the NWA title almost felt like it was in near obscurity to meaning something again. And I don't want to knock, I know like a guy like Jay Cal is going to ride me about this. I don't mean to knock it in a way that, uh, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It just, the reach of it had sort of suffered over time. And um, Aldous's Aldous Crusade, I think, helped usher in this new era. He and Tim Storm immediately became sensations on the internet um, all over. People fell in love with Tim Storm, fell in love with him as a champion. Then Aldous taking that belt from him meant something. But then when Aldous got this, the title and took it on that Aldous Crusade to try to relive the glory days of these champions of old that defended it anytime, anywhere, all over the world. Aldous was doing that here. And all of a sudden people started to see the NWA championship as it used to be. Um, And it began to grow and grow, which leads us to Cody Rhodes, who, where there's opportunity, Cody is drawn to it. And I don't know. It's like he's, he just smells it. He smells it in the air. And I don't mean that as a knock on Cody Rhodes. It's just like this guy has a real knack that he has developed a, a spidey sense for like making things happen. And uh, as soon as the opportunity presented itself for him and where he thought it could mean something, he was there. So I guess the easiest way to get to this is that it may have 20. 20- 2017, a fan wrote into the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And journalist Dave Meltzer, uh, no, it was on Twitter, he asked him. And he said, uh, when do you think Ring of Honor could possibly sell 10,000 tickets uh, in an arena? And Dave Meltzer replied, not anytime soon. And uh, Cody uh, immediately responded to that tweet and said, I'm going to take that bet. And uh, so he, along with like his buddies, the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, Brandy, uh, actor Stephen Amell, they all got together. They all started planning this thing and they talked about an event. Uh, they announced their YouTube show, a YouTube show, by the way, called Being the Elite, that they learned a lot from uh, Mr. Lagana and the 10 Pounds of Gold series uh, that they were doing. And uh, they announced they would be having an event. It was going to be held in Chicago, and uh, they were going to pr- try to prove uh, Dave Meltzer long, uh, wrong. So in January of 2018, it was announced uh, that we would be having this event in September. By March, you had a venue, the Sears Center, and all that we needed now were matches. And uh, so it was, uh, it was up in the air what was going to happen at this thing. So slowly things started to unfold for this, 
but all of a sudden the interest of one man was captured uh maybe maybe coding knew ahead of time that this would draw this kind of interest but uh billy corgan to his credit had always if you go back and watch those 10 pounds of gold uh stories he's always had this vision of if you're going to take down that, that there's this entity wwe he's like that is the megalithic starship and you can't just go head to head with the me- megalithic starship if you want to take it down you need to unite everyone and they all come together to face it down. And that's the only way to do it. All In started, I think, to look exactly like that kind of thing. Ring of Honor was, well, we can get into this if you guys want to. I don't know what Ring of Honor was thinking. But basically, they uh, they helped launch a, a business plan for Cody and the Bucks. And uh, the uh, you know basically, they, they sponsored the event. But uh, Cody and the Bucks and Omega and using their connections were able to pull in talent from all over the world uh from new japan and impact or wherever you know just people from everywhere so you guys uh got you got folks like uh pita el zero ray phoenix uh okada and uh god who else tessa blanchard was there uh jay lethal chelsea green marty skrull hangman page like all of these people big independent names were coming in something was missing though and it's like what's what's a huge draw for this thing now it might sound like i'm overselling this but was this is what sold it for me is uh is that uh all of a sudden at a press conference on may 13th uh announcing some of the matches for the uh all-in show uh, one big announcement that came out was Rey Mysterio was even going to show up at the show, which was huge, big deal, Rey Mysterio. Uh, but then also Billy Corgan was there. And why was Billy Corgan there? And he took the podium and announced that Cody Rhodes would be competing uh, for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. And, and that, my friends, is a moment in history. Do you guys remember this happening, by the way? Oh man, I, this was, so, you know, I, I get, I get fired up about this the way Rob does about uh, Nick Aldis, but um, all in, and this whole, this whole event, how it, how it took shape and how it came to be is, is a big reason why I'm here right now as an NWA fan uh, and not, and not, it's not a direct correlation, but this is, this is basically my story. I was primarily a WWE fan for a lot of years because I just didn't bother to explore other options. Then when Cody left and it was very public and then he started showing up in New Japan, Ring of Honor, I tuned in out of curiosity. And when I did that, I realized, wow, there is a lot better professional wrestling out there in the world. And so I started following Ring of Honor started following, you know, New Japan as much as I could from here in the States and, and keeping up with it and, you know, definitely watching like the Wrestle Kingdoms and stuff like that. Um, but that that was the turning point for me where I realized that there was better options out there and that there was other options out there. And then I think when All In happened and, is, and you can say what you want about the event itself, um, you know, it, it's definitely divisive on wrestling Twitter and message boards and Facebook groups and things like that. But you cannot deny the fact that this show, All In, um, the fact that it sold out 
you know, almost 11,000, uh, well, 10,154 10, uh, tickets in 30 minutes uh, when it launched. And the, the caliber of people that they had on the card, the fact that the NWA World's Championship was defended at this event, um, all, all of these things, you cannot deny that this was a massive turning point for modern professional wrestling in America. Um, because it, it opened up all kinds of doors. Obviously now we have AEW, which is an entire promotion that was spawned from all in, and this collaboration of Cody and the Bucks and, and that whole crew. But even the NWA, especially when we talk about the story, the roots of the modern iteration of the NWA, which this entire podcast exists to celebrate is really it, it comes through all in and it takes a big jump it started before all in obviously with the oldest crusade and and i'm not taking away from that at all that was amazing and it, it it took the belt all over the world but all in for for all intents and purposes here in america took the nwa out of quote unquote obscurity and put it on a wrestling main stage in america and and it it launched into NWA 70, uh, which launched into, you know, NWA power and what we know now and the, the Crockett Cup and, and things that we've gotten to experience since then. And so for me, this is just a very, very fond uh, memory. And I remember following this really closely when it was happening and just getting so excited. There's a buddy I work with that is also a wrestling fan. I just remember like daily going into his office and showing him tweets and being like, oh, dude, look what's happening. Oh, look what, look what happened at this press conference. And uh, I mean, it was it was big news, man, and it was really really fun to follow and to just see the the shift in the wrestling industry here in America. This was um, this was the shot heard around the world right here, man. This this was uh, as as much a beginning of a revolution as Lexington and Concord were. I'm throwing out some Tim Storm history to you right now, guys. Let me tell you, you look at this card all in that would materialize, and it is a who's who of NWA and AEW and Ring of Honor Town, what I call the three first cousins, okay? You, you're talking about guys like uh, uh, the Briscoes who were in the Crockett Cup later on, Flip Gordon who who all this defended the title against. You've got Matt Cross who's been on NWA Power. You've got uh, um, uh, Tim Storm who was in the corner of Nick Aldis during this this match. I mean, you've got Marty Skrull here. I mean, this is this is it, guys. This is... This is the shot heard around the world that changed the landscape of wrestling history. And between this and what would be, uh, and the Aldous Crusade that happened after the Tim Storm win, uh, these are the events that solidify the importance and in the internet, not national, not regional, not cross-promotional, but global importance of Nick Aldous and, uh, and, and, uh, and the, uh, uh, the National Wrestling Alliance, even though, and I guess I don't want to get too far ahead of it. So let me stop, let me stop there. Before I get, before I go on another uh, stints and rant here. Well, I mean, it's okay. I mean, this is this is kind of getting to the the meat of this whole thing that we're here to talk about. I mean, basically, uh, just at that press conference on May thirteenth, uh, uh, Billy Corgan announced that Nick Aldis would be defending the world's heavyweight championship. Uh, this, of course, meant that if Cody wins, he and his father Dusty Rhodes would be the very first father son duo to ever hold the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and uh, 
there there was even a moment actually that, that Cody was also going for the Ring of Honor world title during this time. So there was a lot of uh consideration there that there would be like this crossover, like this could be a winner take all kind of match. Uh and so uh they, they did some great stuff here, uh, including a, a little segment of like Nick Aldis being kind of uh peeved that he wasn't informed that Billy Corgan had just made this decision on his own and uh and that was kind of fun. There was also the little feud going back and forth with uh, Cody Rhodes and Flip Gordon uh, that led to uh, Billy actually giving Flip a shot at the uh, title before Cody and uh, and that making Cody so bad. And uh, it was a lot of fun stuff. And again, you can go back and check all of this out in that 10 pounds of gold series. Uh, you can but- actually purchase the, uh, at the National Wrestling Alliance website, you can purchase this amazing DVD complete with additional footage and commentary. Uh, it's a three disc that's very beautifully packaged and it's real reasonable. I think it's, I, I don't know the exact price, but it's not going to, it's not going to break your bank at all, man, but go, go get this. It's also available online uh, for uh, uh, on YouTube for free. But for those of us who don't use any form of technology, it's good to have the, the, the same medium that the pilgrims used. If the DVDs were good enough for the pilgrims, it's good enough for Doc Stinson. I love that ad, though. By the way, hit subscribe if you haven't already. We're also sponsored by Manscaped.com. Uh, you gotta, you gotta turn those pubes. You know, a real. Hey, man. Hey, but speaking about Manscaped, I'm heading to the beach next week, man. I still ain't got my my my. Uh, I got I, I got to my... get on that. We we're actually yeah. just talking about that earlier today. That I that I gotta send you that package. They're gonna but, think uh, that they're gonna think, man, the the great woolly mammoth is not extinct. <laughs> <laughs> too, too much. Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel is on the beaches of, of Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Jeez. That's Rob. That's what Rob calls his waiter. Dirty Dutch. <laughs> Dirty Dutch. Anyway, uh, that's, that's, use that's code NWA Pod, NWA Pod at manscaped.com. 20% off for free shipping. <laughs> That was a Great American Bash 1990 reference. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know if you saw in the chat in the in the Discord last or in the cast. I I mentioned uh, Gary's hairy back and compared it to uh, Dutchman tails. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's move on to the actual event itself. At all in, uh, th- my biggest disappointment, by the way, for all in. Uh, I know, Will, you mentioned that it was kind of a decisive situation, uh, depending because because it's. Because it's AEW now. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same, similar ideas, like the styles of wrestling clashing together and seeing what's out there. Uh, but th- there are some great matches, I thought, uh, in uh, All In. I mean, it started off with what I thought was kind of a beggar of a match, a great like opening match with, like uh, I think it was MJF and Matt Cross, right? And uh, that was a great matchup. Um, the, the thing is, is that Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes – I didn't see a bigger match on the card, personally. Uh, you, you could maybe argue with, like, Skrull and Okada or something like that. Uh, but I was I was buying that show to see Aldis and Cody. And uh, so I was a little bummed when they were, like, fourth, fourth in. Because um, I think it comes to that argument of, like, Skrull and Okada was a great match. Like, they had a an awesome match and uh, very technical and uh, well, and just crazy, but nobody cared about a match like they did 
that Aldis and Rhodes match. Like that crowd was lit for that match. And these guys carried them right through it. And uh, it was everything I hoped it would be. And so I had no complaints. Did you guys feel that same way about it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, uh, this is one of the six matches that Meltzer rated four stars or higher for whatever, you know, I mean, th those ratings, he he's informed, but, you know, he you like the matches you like, but this, this was, gosh, man, this, this was, when you think about all in that, no one refers to Matt Cross versus MJF. No one refers to Kenny Omega. No one refers to Jay Leith or Flip Gordon. They refer to Aldis and Cody Rhodes. Well, wasn't, so, wasn't the main event a tag team, one of the Young Bucks? What, what was that main event? Uh, it was the Golden uh, Elite, uh, uh, the Young Bucks and Abushi. Uh, uh, Abushi. Uh, Ray Mysterio and um, Ray Phoenix and Bandito. That's what it was. Yeah, Phoenix and Bandito. And it was a good match, yeah. man. It was a good match, but it wasn't. It wasn't all this Cody, man. No, and even at the time, like I can remember, you know, just like I said, like when this was happening, I was not an NWA fan primarily. Uh, I was interested in it just because of the history. But even for me at that period of time, who w was mainly drawn in by Cody and what was going on with Ring of Honor and uh, the Bullet Club and the Young Bucks and, and he and all that, um, I I thought that match was the main event. I mean, I viewed it that way at the time. And, I mean, you know, as I said, looking back, I mean, a lot of – people, when they look back at All In, they consider that the main event because there was not a more prestigious or memorable match that happened. The event itself changed the wrestling industry, but when you're talking about the event in a bubble, that match particularly was the best match on the card, hands down, no doubt about it. Just forever mark your count. September 1st, 2018 is, is, uh, is Independence Day, guys. I mean, it's Independence Day for people who really love pro wrestling and good story writing. That's a that's a really good way of putting it, Rob. I mean, it, and it and it was because it it the thing is is like the the big proving the big point that this thing proved was to show that there could be something else that drew money, that drew fans, that drew tickets, that was in the wrestling industry that wasn't WWE, and uh, so all credit where it's deserved to the stars of new Japan, like Ibushi and Okada and those guys and credit to the elite. Uh, mm -hmm. the, those guys have a popularity and um, there's, there's no denying their ability. Uh, but for me, the biggest thing, like I was not going to buy that show until Aldis and Rhodes was announced. And uh, I would argue all day that that was the big thing. And I think that's what we're saying here too. And uh, there's no better moment. Well, to, to talk about the match, I mean, it was a it was a back and forth match. It was it was everything you expect. Um, uh, had had some weird moments, like uh, Aldis coming off the top rope and uh, Brandy throwing herself over Cody Rhodes, and uh, Aldis drops the elbow on uh, Brandy, which uh, which made him the heel all of a sudden. I guess I think he kind of walked into it the heel, honestly, because uh, Cody was just as popular as could be, but. Uh, this I don't know. The, Looking back on it now, with Jerry this Lawler effect, the Jerry Lawler effect, or, or the Jerry Lawler phenomenon, or the Freebird phenomenon, is the idea that when you're in your home territory, your home venue, you're the baby, uh, or the, the heel, uh, you're the baby, and you might walk into someone else's and be the heel. And that was at play here. You see it going on now with Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull, people love him. I like Marty Skrull. 
But when he walks into the GPB studio, I don't care how bad a man all this is, all this is the baby face. You know, you and and Gary, you've seen this. You and don't not give me don't get me wrong. I mean, people cheer for Marty Skrull when they come in, but that place is overwhelmingly solidly behind Nick Aldis because he represents our he's our guy. And so that's what's at play here is yeah, all this was he was, you know, he, he he was playing the heel as it were, but it wasn't because he was a heel, it was because this was the Cody show. Totally agree. And uh and 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 they played into it absolutely, like I said, with the uh, elbow drop onto Brandy Rhodes, and that would come into play later on. With uh... sorry, Rob, you know how the other day uh, your wife was messing with you when you were trying to talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening to me right now. Uh, nice uh, driving Word. off to the side. I'm gonna turn the camera. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag- For the record, she just mooned me, and I have no shame in telling anybody that. She just mooned me through the door. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so sorry for the listeners and uh, for everybody who didn't get to see that. But anyway, uh, no, no, it, it will come into play later that that Brandy's interference was here. Uh, but at the end of the day, Cody does get the win over Nick Aldis and a huge historic moment occurs. There is no, I mean, that iconic to me, that image of Cody Rhodes on his knees, crying, bleeding, holding the 10 pounds of gold for the first time. Uh, just uh, an amazing, amazing matchup. And I don't think the show ever topped that feel. Amazing, no. man. You know, and uh, uh, again, let's, let's, not read, let's not read 2020 back into 2018. We're still on the heels of this historic title run by Aldis. Aldis, you know, Aldis – had, that was a great run. I mean, the the uh, the Aldous Crusade was phenomenal. We knew Aldous was going to not. We knew he was going to be a champion again. We didn't know how long or what or what the future held, but the just the the surreal sight of seeing a blood soaked uh, Cody Rhodes, it just could not. You it couldn't help but evoke images of Dusty Rhodes holding that same beautiful belt on two occasions dusty Rhodes hill dusty Rhodes is only one of a handful of people to hold both the 10 pounds of gold and the big gold you've got i think it's flair dusty and sting i think are the only three to hold both versions so on two prior occasions the blood-soaked dusty Rhodes held sweet charlotte and I, you could not help but thinking of dusty doing that as cody Rhodes held that belt and you just know that all of those thoughts and those impressions and that the weight of history was on Cody at that moment. It was a beautiful moment. It's a beautiful moment. Even for those of us who even then were Nick Aldis fans. So the, uh, so the show, well, I won't say without a hitch. I think the, the last, the main event was uh, shortened because of time and that sort of thing. But uh, the big takeaway here was huge sellout major buys on pay-per-view like it did really really well what nobody knew at the time was that a gentleman named tony khan was in the back or in the crowd or somewhere right around and uh this is a uh like i said earlier like it was like the business plan for cody and the elite uh showing what they could possibly pull off and uh, that's why i said up top that these two guys not only kicked off uh the modern era of the NWA are like really christened it. Uh, they also uh, were part of changing wrestling completely. 
uh, Cody at this time had been with uh, Ring of Honor. So had the Bucks, I think, maybe, or uh, some of them. And, um, well, within four months, they were gone. And uh, no more no more Ring of Honor for Cody and the Bucks. Now, they would go on to do their old thing there, and that's not really what we're here about right now. Um, but Cody, uh, for what it's worth, carried that NWA title with pride, held it up on his shoulder at every interview or right in the – crook of his arm i think he even talked about like he had always just wanted to hold it right there in interviews and like just hold it there uh he he was at this time i think also like the iwgp us champion uh so cody was on yeah. fire cody was as hot as you could be as a wrestler i think yeah and i mean as 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 much as we are our fans of all this uh i think we all realize that cody winning the belt between all in and nwa 70 was really great for the NWA um, because for me, one of the things that's burned in my mind during that time, uh, again, before I was uh, a diehard NWA fan like I am today, um, I was following Cody and everything he was doing. And, and I remember when he won the IWGP United States title and, you know, they had the post event uh, press conference and he's sitting there uh, cutting an amazing promo. Um, and he's sitting there and he's got the IWGP US title in front of him and right beside it was the 10 pounds of gold sitting right there on that table in, in New Japan, over in Japan. And, and you know, again, not discounting any, anything Aldis did on the crusade, but Cody continued that elevation uh, during the time that he held the belt and just seeing it and having that visibility um, it was just, I think it was huge for, for the National Wrestling Alliance. And looking back on it now, especially as part of the NWA fam, uh, I just, I see it in, in such a, a positive light that, um, you know, it, it pains me right now in this moment to think of anyone besides Nick Aldis holding the belt. But you have to remember at the time, uh, the NWA was not as regular and established as it is now. And so putting it on someone like Cody, who was really making headlines all over the world for professional wrestling did nothing but bring a, a ton of great publicity and notoriety uh, to the NWA. Absolutely agree. And, uh, and, and if anything, uh, you know, everything you're saying is correct. Uh, that this, this put the belt on the map again, this was, this was the pinnacle of that. Um, so the championships established Cody Rhodes carrying this thing around uh, really, whatever the plan was going into this, I mean, it looked like this was, to, to me, pretty successful for uh, William Patrick Corgan um, and his vision for what the NWA would be. Now you've got this thing and as much exposure as it's had in, God, how many years? I don't know. I would I would argue and say even for, uh, what was his name? Dan, Dan Severine? Dan Severine. Severin. <laughs> whatever rob's calling him this week uh and that's now, no disrespect uh, we, just so you know that that's kind of a running joke uh uh jay cow's a huge dan severin fan we respect the world out of dan severin but we just don't quite know how to pronounce his name man it's a severon or severino or severin or i don't know but that's not that's not a that whole thing game. happened because I, I just uh, text Rob that, that Dan's watching right now. So that's him. Uh, <laughs> he's covered up here. <laughs> I'm so sorry, sir. 
so so Cody is on his own mission now. Um, he he's carrying the belt. He's looking good. He's talking trash. He defends it. I think he had a great match on like a, he he Cody's Cody's as big as anybody in wrestling. Uh, arguably the biggest star that's not in the WWE. And he's still making those appearances at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And that's no knock on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, but that's not where uh, Triple H is going to show up and wrestle. Or, uh, you know, Seth Rollins wasn't going there to defend the, the world title. Uh, so it, it says something about Cody that he he was making those appearances as the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. So I always respect that about him. Now, Aldis, on the other hand, he took his time and... Uh, had to recollect, recalibrate. Uh, sounds like something he should be familiar with. Uh, and uh, he went, he went home. And uh, when he was at home, and in, uh, or you know, his original home, I should say, in England, uh, he was presented with an opportunity. He had a number one contenders match to get a shot back at the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. The only caveat as he was going to have to beat his old friend and mentor, Doug Williams. And uh, sure enough, they had that match over in jolly old England, and Nick Aldis came out on top uh, with the defeat. And uh, Doug Williams, I, I can't remember if it was exactly right after that match, or it was like right there soon after he uh, officially, unofficially retired from wrestling. Yep. And, uh, so just a big moment. I, and, and that's also in the uh, 10 pounds of gold series. You can check that out, or it's at least in the NWA archives there on their YouTube channel. Uh, it's a really cool uh, story. And just seeing that, you know, Nick's biggest regret is that he doesn't have the title there to defend against him. And it's a number one contenders match instead, but still uh, an amazing, I, I just love how the NWA turns everything into a beautiful story. And it's, it's my favorite thing about this company. Uh, but that out of the way nick aldis is the number one contender again for the nwa world heavyweight championship and it is announced that he will be getting his rematch against cody rhodes at nwa 70 70 years of the nwa raw and uh, they're gonna have this match in the main event where it belongs and it is gonna be a best two out of three falls matchup uh just like just like it's supposed to be Let's cut to Rob. Yeah, first Can of all, let's get back. The whole 70 thing, that's nice and clean, but it wasn't really 70. The NWA goes back to 1905. Let's be real, okay? The uh, I, I, shared some, I shared some stuff with you guys on uh, the Discord, uh, a magazine that was a precursor to Stu Sachs' PWI from 1973, where they were drawing the lineal championship all the way back to 1905, and they, and they did that. Now, I, I follow that, but... Formally speaking, yes, this was the 70s show. And as you're as we're getting ready for it, all you can hear is the great prize fight. Phenomenal matches, including the likes of Tim Storm, Josephus, my man, Jazz, Penelope Ford, Colt Cabana, and of course, the way it's supposed to be, like you said, Gary, Cody and Nick Aldis. Best two out of three, gentlemen's rules for the for all the gold, man, all the marbles. I love it. I ain't gonna lie. I uh, the day this show was announced and available for me to purchase, I had it. I had it. 
on Fight TV. Not, not even any hesitation. I needed to see those two do it again. Yeah. Word. <laughs> I, I just I like I like to imagine that Rob just carries that around with him all the time. You know, like In my fanny pack. Yeah, I'm like, oh, let me get this out of my fanny pack. <laughs> like Mary Poppins style, you're just pulling out giant <laughs> wrestling posters. This, which you can also buy on the NWA website, hashtag long live Maureen. This, and then, last thing, always, if you're a real wrestling man, always carry Pro Wrestling FAQ by Brian Sullivan. What? When did Rob become a shameless plug machine? Like, what just happened here? Then we had the business meeting yesterday where you're like, Rob, you don't plug enough for the. <laughs> That's not what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as we all know, the National Wrestling Alliance was founded in 1948. Uh, and uh, <laughs> just, I was trying to get him fired up again. It didn't work. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, the NWA 70th show. Uh, was a combination of NWA and tried and true pro wrestling, uh, basically acknowledging the 70th anniversary of the National Wrestling Alliance. That, Rob says, is not the 70th anniversary of the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, but as Rob mentioned in the main event, Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes, two out of three falls uh, for the World's Heavyweight Championship. The match also featured other stuff like uh, you got Sam Shaw. Uh, well, it was the introduction of the national title, the the relaunch of the national title. So that was a big deal. They were having like a sort of a tournament. It was uh, two four-way matches leading up to the two winners facing each other for the national title. Uh, you got in those matches, guys, you would recognize now uh, Sam Shaw, who was who is now known as Dexter Loomis. You got Colt Cabana, Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Sky. Uh, you got, uh, let's see here. Who else? Uh, and the other one, Ricky Starks made his debut for the first time in the NWA. Uh, hey, picked picked up off the street, that guy. They just saw his videos. I think Nick saw his videos, as I recall, and uh, pointed him in the direction of the NWA. And uh, also Willie Mack in that matchup. Jay Bradley, Mike Perro. Uh, Tim Storm took on Peter Avalon. I think uh, Rob said it was uh, Josephus earlier, but... Or maybe no, you were just no, saying Josephus, Josephus was there. Josephus was there um, um, against Crimson and Jax Dane. Remember, he had the mystery partner that he was going to bring out. Road Warrior. That's Animal. right. Uh, but uh, yeah, Peter Avalon and Tim Storm, uh, the librarian. Yeah, uh, Peter Avalon, like like Rob just said, the librarian from uh, AEW, and uh, that's like uh, Jazz defended the uh, women's title which actually this was the first time that was really brought back in a pay-per-view form, I guess, um, uh, the NWA Women's Championship, and it was defended against Penelope Ford, also an AEW uh, wrestler now. So starting to notice a trend here. Uh, Willie Mack, uh, of course, fought Sam Shaw and won the national championship the first time uh, since it had been back. Uh, and then, of course, we got Nick Aldis versus Cody and uh, I guess also worth mentioning in this matchup is uh, it was the debut of another special person in all of our hearts uh, because 
Cody always has Brandy with him, and Brandy got involved last time, and Aldis argued that was part of the reason he did not keep that title. Aldis brought in an insurance party, uh, insurance policy, and that was the lovely and devastating Camille. So welcome to the NWA Camille. And fellas, as I recall, and I just watched it again today, as I recall, this match, if you thought All In was good, this one tore the house down. This one was amazing. Yeah, this one, uh, and I actually watched this for the first time. Um, if you guys remember a couple months back when we did a cast party and we watched the Crockett Cup 2019, um, I watched this for the first time earlier that day. So this was like really on uh, early on in my NWA uh, fan fandom. And I, dude, it just blew me away, man. I mean, as just the story they told, um, not just the, the falls, uh, the three falls that happened in the match, but just, I mean, man, it, it was the first, it was the first match in a long time that I actually felt it. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if, if you guys, uh, just being a WWE fan for so long, I had just become so accustomed to like not really being that emotionally invested um, in anything that wasn't like a WrestleMania or something like that. And then seeing this event, specifically that match, man, it was, it, it grabbed me. And I was like, you know, no pun intended, talking about a different event, but I was all in after seeing that match. And if you are a true wrestling fan and you watch that match and you don't just immediately become an NWA fan, then I would argue that you're not a true wrestling fan. And that's that's not a hot take. That's just my opinion um, because that match had everything. I mean, you know, the great in-ring storytelling, out, outside the ring storytelling, uh, you know, foreign objects being used and utilized in, in a way that added to the story, not just in a flippant way that, you know, was there for novelty or something like that. It was part of the story. Um, and just, you know, I, it was, it was amazing. And then, you know, that same, that very same night following it up with, with the Crockett cup and seeing uh, Aldis and Marty Skrull, I mean, it just, man, I mean, it, it, it proved to me as good as, as all in was as good as, uh, you know, AEW had been and, and seeing that change the landscape of wrestling here in America. I just, that, that main event from NWA 70 is what did it for me. The first time I saw that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and this is, uh, where you really got to see the relaunch of the National Wrestling Alliance. Now, it's one thing when you're talking about the 10 Pounds of Gold series. There's like the the spark. I think I, I described it earlier as they threw gasoline on the spark of the NWA. So like that Tim Storm and Aldis feud sparked it up, that 10 Pounds of Gold series. But by the time you roll around to their carrying on their first – ever pay-per-view event since in the modern era since William Patrick Corgan took over um, and and I won't say it went off without a hitch because it didn't um, I mean there were some audio issues and that sort of thing but you were get, you were getting to see this company revving back up and uh, it was a beautiful sight to behold and you could not have asked for a better main event 
than Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis. And Cody Rhodes did exactly what a real champion does. Uh, and, and same with Nick, but I guess I'm just wanting to acknowledge that Nick wins here. Nick gets, gets the final pin and is going to be carrying the world's heavyweight championship and the NWA into the future. Cody's path forks here and they separate. Uh, but Cody left with honor and had a hell of a match uh, even though he dropped the title, he helped establish the National Wrestling Alliance back as a major force in professional wrestling. Or at least that's how I look at it, Rob. Absolutely. Uh, another thing, too, is like you don't see a lot of the um, – this is a match that was uncharacteristically bloody. Um, we've talked in past shows a, a, a long time ago about the Muda scale. Um, and that's the scale that's used to determine the, the brutality of a match based on, upon the uh, – amount of bloodshed and, and correct me if I'm wrong Gary I think there's either a shirt or a lapel pin of the bloodied Nick Aldis face um or is that no 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 that's the uh, that's not Cody. that's Crockett that's, Cup I think that's yeah. yeah yeah I'm sorry I'm getting ahead of myself um yeah I'm sorry about that um yeah anyway <laughs> no no that's fine um but yeah I mean that's the thing is I mean this set the stage um I, I hold Crockett Cup in high regard. Uh, it's it's hard to like the the story's just been fascinating. I think with the National Wrestling Alliance, and this is a huge part of it. There's there's different pieces that all factored in uh, majorly when you're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance in the modern era. Uh, Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis was a big start for it, the establishment of Tim Storm. But then you get to this Cody or the, the Aldis Crusade was a huge part of it. That brought the belt back to prominence enough so that it could get into a main event feature like at all end, which is arguably the most important pay-per-view that we've had in the past 10 years or something. Um, and so that happens. So that establishes the championship belt as a real, uh, we already know it, but it's a big time world heavyweight championship. And then from there you get to go to, the next logical step is reestablishing the company. Um, and uh, NWA 70 does that as here we are. We are back. We are a driving force in wrestling. And uh, Cody Rhodes uh, does his his part in making sure that that happens and looks good happening. And uh, so even though here, unfortunately, for the story of the feud between the two of them, they separate, they part ways. Uh, after this so far uh, they you know this this is what made the nwa happen it's the very next time that they have a pay-per-view it's the crockett cup in 2019 and it is like that's the uh, blood that's the for my money the, the best match. yeah 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, yeah that's your point gary uh, about the about this projecting the uh, uh the nwa and, and all the you know although we think it was already on the map which it was uh this really brought it to a wider audience. Uh, uh, Wrestling Days, a friend of our podcast, a friend of 10 Pounds of Podcast, he, uh, I can't summarize it better, his reaction, if you've ever seen his reaction to the watch along on this, after Aldis wins the title, Wrestling Days quotes, he says, in his own fashion, the, only, the way that only Wrestling Days can do it, he says, the king is dead, long live the king. And we have the inauguration of a new king, Nick Aldis, who has now been king for 
let me pull up my screensaver for uh, 619 glorious days. Wow, that is beautiful. I love that you just know that. Uh, um, that's that's good news. I, I love also, by the way, just credit where it's due. Uh, Will's clever uh, tweet uh, celebrating Cody Rhodes as the only man to ever beat Nick Aldis for the world's heavyweight champion. It's only only been done once. It's true. Hey, another thing too, um, in spite uh, of the fact that the Camille and Brandy were there, this is another feature for those of you who are students of the sport and, and, uh, and most anybody in the chat that's watching this are students of the sport. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but this is a, this is a, a, a great match. This is a match where there's not, a lot of rule breaking going on. This is a match under gentlemen's rules. And this is going back to a thing that I hit on a lot that, that heels and, and babies are not a, a big preoccupation like they might be in other, in other promotions. It's pretty much a clean match. Cody beat Aldis clean. Aldis beat Cody clean. Yeah. I especially loved, I especially loved, um, one thing we didn't mention either, the the AEW tie, Tony Schiavone is on commentary for this, which was now we hear him every every week on AEW. But at the time, that was kind of a, a huge reunion for me and, and my childhood. Um, but the you know, when they were brawling outside the ring and uh, the official comes over and tells Cornette, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to count him out. I'm not going to disqualify him, uh, basically says I'm going to let him go. And, you know, that to me, the fact that they clarified that instead of just leave, leaving us as fans going, well, I guess this is a no DQ match, you know, it just, it played into the story as well. I love little like, you know, uh, behind the scenes type feeling stuff like that, where, you know, it, it, people, uh, it just added to the prestige of the match that it had to be so adaptable to what was going on, that this was such a big deal that, they're like, we're not going to end this in a DQ or a count out. We're going to let them go. These guys have business to take care of and, and we're going to let them do it. And as you said, you know, there, there was, there wasn't cheating. There wasn't, you know, anything like that. It was all uh, within the context of that feud and this culmination of, of this rematch. And it was just, it was beautiful, man. I loved it. Yeah, I will say this too. I remember one thing that really stood out to me about NWA 70 when I was watching it back. Um, or no, I'm sorry, when I was watching it live, it was the respect of the history. Uh, we always say up to the top of this, the, the history, legacy, and tradition, the, uh, uh, all of that. The, that's real in the NWA. And at that time, you're not seeing this in a period where because uh, I'll give credit where it's due. Nobody will like this, but AEW does seem to acknowledge those things with featuring folks from the past. Um, but, you know, we've been kind of conditioned to WWE's way of uh, showing folks from the past, which is usually like they're dummies and uh, they're just bubbling around and doing nothing of significance. Uh, I hate it, but that's, that's kind of true. And uh, here we have the NWA uh, featuring guys like Dory Funk uh, in the show, and uh, Blue Demon Jr. is there, and uh, just like you mentioned, Tony Schiavone, and uh, just all of these names all over the place. Magnum TA was there, and, uh, and that was just really, really, really cool. The playbill is basically a who's who of NWA, because we've said it. The, 
NWA and AEW are cousins. I mean, they philosophically they diverge at some point, and different promotions have that liberty to do that because they offer different things to different audiences. But you look at Nick Aldis, Cody, Tim Storm, Peter Avalon, Jax Dane, Josephus, uh, Penelope Ford, Cole Cabana, Sammy Guevara, uh, Willie Mack, Ricky Starks. All the big names on there. They're either in the NWA or the AEW. Not a single, not a single solitary WWE name on this playbill. The the best, the best pay-per-view of that year, man. Next to Crockett Cup. Well, guys, that's that's kind of where we wanted to go with this as far as the story of the feud between Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes. From here, obviously, we know what happens to Nick Aldis. He just keeps winning. And uh, from here, Cody Rhodes actually kept losing. He lost his IWGP uh, U.S. title. He started going on kind of a losing streak. But I think it was just to set him up because uh, not long thereafter, he and his boys in the Elite announced uh, All Elite Wrestling, along with Tony Khan. And uh, Cody became the executive vice president. And now they have a whole cup. we could talk forever about that, so we don't have to. But uh, obviously, both successful, and uh, it's just fun to watch for me or to, to go back and read just the paths that these two guys followed. And I would have never, I don't even think at the time I realized it, just how similar they were. And uh, just in age and almost even in style and in just just story uh in a lot of ways uh even though they started from two different places they kind of traveled these similar paths and uh ended up in the same place and you can't think of two better guys to help usher in the modern era of the nwa at least on the largest scale it had seen in forever uh and who knows what the future holds uh i nick aldis being one of the first interviews i ever did for this is an nwa podcast I remember uh, talking to him right then. It was after Crockett Cup and right before Power, and I was like, man, I'd love to see, you know, there's a lot of matches I'd love to see, but I'd still love to see you and Marty again and and you and Cody again. It's too bad. That's that's not happening. And uh, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not happening yet. And uh, (laughs) he's like, don't say not happening. He's like, I get where everybody is, but they're not happening yet. Of course, we were about to see Marty, so that came true. Uh, so he had teased there. So I fully, deep down in, in my heart of hearts, think that one day we're going to get Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes 3. And uh, got it. If, if, the, if the exponential rise in skill and awesomeness from all in to 70 is any indication, part three will be a barn burner for sure. Anything you guys wanted to add about Aldis and Cody? Just that, just that I agree with you that I think that at some point Aldis and Cody three are inevitable. It's one of those things that has to happen. Uh, you know, growing up in the eighties, we never, you know, we never thought that Flair Hogan would happen. But then there was part of me that said it's inevitable. It's going to have to happen. It's it's necessary for the business. And I think you've got the what something something that might be the signature feud of, of Aldis's career. Of course, we don't know. We've got. We've got another 30 years of Nick Aldis come, guys. So we don't know what that signature feud is going to be, but it might be this one. And uh, just for the sake of the good of, of humanity and the wrestling world and for all that's that's right, 
we've got to have all this Cody three. Got to happen. I agree. I'd like to see three, four, and five. To be honest, I mean, I think as you said, these guys got a lot, of, a lot of years left in them, and we can't, we can't judge the future based solely on the present because things are always changing, as we know and as we've seen in the last five years in in professional wrestling. Um, and so, you know, I, the the door's not closed in my mind. Um, and, you know, there's always growth and evolution among AEW, NWA. I mean, we're currently re- restructuring. I'm excited to see uh, what happens coming out of that and, and just the, the freshness and uh, the, the, the new, new iteration that we're going to get of the NWA when, when things get back going. Um, and, you know, who knows? Who knows what's possible? And I, But I'll just say that definitely this feud when we talk about the the evolution and the rebirth of the nwa when you look at it in context i mean it's got to be one of the most meaningful things that happened along with you know the 10 pounds gold series and uh tim storm obviously we talk about that a lot but this cody audis feud really is uh i mean it it launched the 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 current iteration of nwa that we know and love because it just it put a lot of eyeballs on that title and on uh the the national wrestling alliance as a whole um because it brought it to you know what was at at the time when all in and 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 cody and the elite and all this was going on and, and aew was kind of forming in the background um it it brought that title to what everyone was talking about and you, you can't you can't put a price on that. You can't you, you almost can't plan that. It was such an organic grassroots thing that that spawned from this Meltzer tweet that, you know, as we know now, looking back on it was was not an educated guess because somebody who is as established as a Dave Meltzer uh, just, you know, casually tweeting that these guys couldn't sell out a, an arena like that. And then it happened. And then, you know, everything that's happened since then. And now we've got the Wednesday Night Wars and um, all this stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, we are diehard NWA fans here, but we say it all the time. We don't hate on other organizations. Yeah, we're a little a little critical of WWE just because we don't feel like sports entertainment and pro wrestling are the exact same thing. So, uh, but when you look at AEW and NWA, um they they both respect i feel like the same ideals of pro wrestling they just execute it philosophically differently and that's okay because there's going to be some people that like aew and there's going to be people like us who would prefer the nwa we we don't want the aew just to be a carbon copy of the nwa on tnt that's not what we want we want there to be something for everyone for all forms of of educated and true pure pro wrestling fans like we are and so it's, it's just really a beautiful thing that's happened. And this was really the formation of two of, of, of the best professional wrestling promotions uh, in AEW and NWA, both being formed, uh, one of them being formed for the first time and then the NWA being reborn under Billy Corgan. And um, so this feud, in my mind, will always be something. I think 20 years from now, uh, when, when the three of us are still sitting here talking on YouTube, probably uh we're we're gonna go back and and have this same conversation and and have really fond memories of of this time as kind of a pivotal moment in the formation of the nwa absolutely i can't think of a better way 
to end that than that. Guys, don't go anywhere because just a second, we're going to tell you how to win some free merchandise from This Is The NWA Podcast, uh, some free NWA fam merch. Uh, but just wanted to, to take care of shop here real quick. This is what's going to happen. For the podcast portion of this show, we're going to wrap it up right here. And uh, at the end of telling you how you can win the free merch, we'll give the podcast that at least. But uh, everybody live, stay tuned because we're going to get to the live after after show it, i guess it's nwa after after dark and uh we're gonna take live questions live discussion from the chat we're gonna talk to you guys it's gonna be the benefit of being here live with us we've already got questions in from twitter we're gonna be talking about things like uh what should happen with the tv title when the nwa comes back what new talent are we expecting to see top five main events of all time we're gonna fantasy book mission pro which is going to be a lot of fun because Brian Rosa is in the chat right now, which means Thunder Rosa might not be far behind. And uh, should uh, the NWA titles be defended in any other promotion? And much, much more. So make sure you stay tuned. But before we go there, Rob, tell everybody where they can find you online for the podcast. You can find me at rstinson4. You can find me on Instagram at Robert Stinson or rdstinson4. There's some other mark out there going by rstinson4 on Instagram. It's not me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Robert Stinson. Uh, most of my content, uh, and that is Piper's Notes, Stinson Vision. I also throw some educational type stuff that's not directly wrestling related. My mission is to show that wrestling is a high form of culture alongside other forms of performance art like studio, uh, dance, theater, uh, music, drama, history, mythology. And so you might see me drop on an old lecture from uh, from my teaching circuit. I actually dropped one this week on uh, – a famous uh, uh, occurrence here in the, in the Civil War here in, in, in my locale, uh, Chattanooga, the Battle Above the Clouds. So you can find some stuff up there. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not hard to find. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll follow you back. Of course, most of you guys in the chat already follow me, so that's a, a moot point. Uh, but uh, you can also find me on uh, – on, uh, I'm not going to – I'm just going to stop you there. I'm just going to stop you there, Rob. About, I'm going to go ahead and – I'm not going to talk about me not being on Tic Tac or me – are you being able to find me as Tom on MySpaces or being able to find me on uh, Napster or LiveJournal or AOL.com or I'm not going to say any of that. I will not say that I am Tom on MySpace. I'm not going to say it. You can't get me to say it. We appreciate that. Will, where are you? Did I mention <laughs> Uh, hey, it's Will with one L on Twitter and Instagram. Real Hey, it's Will on TikTok. Um, and I do a daily show on this channel on the days that we don't do a live stream. And we are currently um, spotlighting some NWA fam stories. So things that uh, some videos that you guys are submitting. It's been awesome. Uh, I've got a bunch of them lined up to come out for the rest of the week. But I would love for you, uh, if you haven't, to send in your NWA story just telling us uh, why you love the NWA, uh, how you became a fan, what you're excited about um, when when the restructuring happens and the NWA uh, gets back going, and uh, email that to heyitswill with one L at gmail.com, and uh, I would love to uh, feature you on the show. It's been a lot of fun. I think I hope you guys have enjoyed that. We've gotten a lot of good feedback just being able to hear a bunch of voices from the NWA fam. Um, on that platform and just to remind us that dude we're just a big family and we all have different backgrounds we all have different stories um, but we are joined together by this beautiful thing that is the National Wrestling Alliance and 
Um, it's it's just it's a great reminder, especially during this downtime, during this kind of uncertainty that we're in right now, um, that this thing really is bigger than one person. It's bigger than even you know one wrestler. It's it's bigger than that. It's a bunch of individuals who uh, have a common love for this thing. And so send in your video, and uh, that would would be much much appreciated. Hey, uh, hey, Gary, can I can I just give a quick shout out to Brian Lang, who's in the chat tonight and uh, and uh, has done some amazing. This is the NWA podcast art uh, of the bearded trio. So make sure you go and follow him on Instagram, follow him on uh, on Twitter. I'm just very humbled. Um, uh, check it out, man. You guys, I, I'm not going to show it here, but it's just uh, it's really, really cool. And I appreciate that, man. Very, very, very. You almost caused me to tear up here if I teared up, which I don't. Awesome. I have not seen that, so I am I am anxiously awaiting looking at that. It's cool, um, man. It's cool. That's so awesome. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. You guys get on uh, Instagram and look for Brian Lang. I am at this is Gary Horn uh, on everything, and the podcast is at the NWA Podcast. For God's sake, if you are not following us on Instagram and Twitter, you got to get on that. There's going to be all kinds of special stuff coming out on there. We try to engage, interact, and. Uh, we just want to uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. We're going to be with the chat after this. That's one of the benefits of why you got to come live on YouTube. We're live every Sunday and every Tuesday, uh, usually at about 8.30, sometimes 9. We, we try to figure it out. We try to keep you posted. Um, and uh, we also, uh, you know, it, we, we appreciate you. I guess that's what I want to say. I see it. John Blaine in the chat, first time uh, here. Thank you so much, John, for uh, joining up with us. That's Really, really cool, man. Um, the the one thing I want to add for the podcast guests, just so we could be fair to everybody, uh, we have to tell you about the NWAPod.com. You guys have to check that out. It's the brand new website. We'll put that thing together. It looks beautiful. And you gotta go see it. And there you can support us uh in a lot of different ways and help us out. Uh one of the ways is the easiest way is you just want to buy us a beer or something, toss three dollars our way. You get a one-time donation if you'd like you can also set that up to be monthly if you want to be really super friendly with us we'll we'll love you and call you on the phone every night and tell you good night and uh, well rob will i, I, I was gonna say but, rob rob yeah, man, you I'll really do that yeah i'm a social person man. i'm social man i'll call you <laughs> he doesn't sleep so there you go except during go. evidently oh, sleep during uh, the, the main bash 90 and then i sleep <laughs> <laughs> The other big thing that's going on there right now is a huge sale on hashtag NWA fam merch. If you haven't gotten a piece of that, there is shirts, a cool coffee mug, uh, tank tops, all, all kinds of stuff. Just hashtag NWA fam. Our way of celebrating this community, our hashtag NWA fam. Um, all of it is marked down right now to basically cost. And so we just want to get it out there. We want you guys to have it. And so it is as cheap as it can get. And uh, you guys can go there right now and purchase it. But, but if you're in the mood to wait and find out what else or what other opportunities you might have, we are doing a giveaway right now for a free piece of merchandise from the NWAPod.com. All you got to do is go to that website in the NWAPod.com and you put in your email address. You scroll down to the bottom. There's a little place there where you can put in your email to sign up for our mailing list. And when you do that, you are automatically entered to win 
uh, any piece of merchandise from this. We'll just, you just tell us if you win, you just tell us what you want. We'll send it to you. Just that simple. That's all you got to do. So go to the nwapod.com and give us your email and, or buy us a beer and, or buy a shirt. Also hit subscribe on YouTube. Even if you don't really use YouTube, go to YouTube, set up an account. If you've got a Gmail account, that's all you got to have. Just hit subscribe. It just helps us out. Helps us get in front of more people. And, uh, but podcast, we love you. We thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to hang out with the live chat now. If you don't want to miss out on that, make sure next time you're here. But until then, enjoy your gravy cake.